This episode of Stuck in the 80s is brought to you by... The 80s Cruise. Find out more at the80scruise.com and stay tuned for more information in this show. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What about DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, and today we continue a series of shows so steeped in historical significance. Okay, so it's only episode two of the series, but we love it anyway. It's cover songs in the 80s. Do you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all. With me as always, in just 14 short months, he and I will be under the covers at the 80s cruise. It's Brad in L.A. So, uh, Spearsy, uh, you sleep naked, right? Um, no, I'm not, I'm not going to even joke no. about that. I, I sleep in a pair of gym shorts and that's it. Uh, no, no joke footy there. pajamas? Nope. I guess um, it doesn't get cold enough for footy pajamas in Florida. Uh, it will be. Tomorrow it's supposed to be in the 40s here. Oh, my gosh. But um, today it rained all day. The but- orange crop will not be affected <laughs> by the recent freeze. I will warn you, though. That when we're on the 80s cruise um, and we're sharing a cabin, which is a fact, that uh, I do like to have the cabin sub-zero uh, temperature. Okay. I'll so. just ask for an extra comforter. <laughs> You're going to need like several. And <laughs> and I'll probably also bring fans with me. I mean, not like human fans, but I mean <laughs> electric fans. I was going to say entourage. You no, know, electric fans have to have air circulation at all times. Wow, you're a complicated man, Spearsy. I am you a complicated are man. a complicated man. But you know what's not complicated? The Seggies. I'm just kidding. We're gonna you're, actually way ahead. Do- <laughs> you're way ahead. We're going to do a show here. So a couple of months ago, we did a show about cover songs in the 80s, specifically songs that we love from our decade that we didn't necessarily know were cover songs. Yeah, and yeah. we just scratched the, the very lightest of the surface of this topic. Yeah, I know. And we meant to come back. And suddenly the year's almost over, so here we are. So Brad and I have each picked out two songs for this week's show that are cover songs, popular songs and that we didn't know are cover songs. We'll play them for you, and of course we'll play the, the original version of the song. And then we'll all sit here and ooh and ah at the uh, at the wonder of the internet. The simple majesty <laughs> of the cover song. I'm serious, though, about the electric fans. I'm bringing electric, like multiple ones, maybe. How much luggage do you bring? It's a seven-day cruise. Like a box, box fans, and <laughs> you know, and the the rum runner flak jacket slash How, rum container. Go. In fact, we probably don't have enough. I'll probably have to to buy well, some more. You know, we'll stock up. Christmas is coming, Spears. Yes. I'm sure Santa will provide. <laughs> I don't think Santa has any idea what's on my list this year. But uh, uh, anyway, we digress. Let's start with the first song. Here we go. You've already heard a piece of it, but let's hear some more. Wouldn't I look at my China girl? 
Yeah, that's China Girl by David Bowie. Did you know that was a cover song? I had no idea. No idea. And when I heard the original, I'm like, okay, I know why I didn't ever hear the yeah. original before. So so truth be told, China Girl is a song co-written by David Bowie and none other than Iggy Pop. Um, it was uh, recorded when they were spending some time in Berlin. It appears on Iggy Pop's uh, 1977 album called... Uh, aptly, the idiot. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I, I got. Yeah. No, I have nothing against Iggy Pop. I yeah. like Iggy Pop. The two of these guys worked together a lot. In the yeah, sure. David Bowie produced a couple albums and wrote a bunch of stuff for him. They were had a lot of influence on each other. Yeah, and so obviously the song became better known uh, in 1983 when it's on Bowie's album Let's Dance. It becomes beloved again 20 years later when it appears on the Wedding Singer soundtrack. Hmm. Okay, and well, uh, checks out. But anyway, so for those who've not heard it, and I'm betting that's all of you, here's Iggy Pop's version of China Girl. That's truly awful. It's it's like a bad bored karaoke version of a great song. Would you do? Would you personally do if I if I held your feet to the fire, and I say do uh, a Bowie song for karaoke? Is this the one you pick? Probably not. Which one would you pick? I don't know. I really like Modern Love. Huh? I mean, that's a song I feel a little bit. But the, I have rules about karaoke, Steve. And rule number one is I do not sing karaoke in the United States. We won't be in the United States on this cruise. I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was thinking the other day, by the way, and I know, I don't know why I'm whispering. <laughs> because, because I'm in the office and no yeah. one knows I'm recording so a the, podcast. The other day, so the other day I was thinking, I was home and I was drinking some wild turkey and I was thinking about the cruise mm-hmm. and I was thinking, surely there's going to, I know for a fact there's going to be some karaoke events. It, it's it's a done deal. It's going to happen, right? Because there's always karaoke. First of all, there's always karaoke on cruise ships, but on an '80s cruise ship, there's going to have to be. It's going to be epic. So I started thinking, if if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to get up and sing, I should probably get a karaoke machine. Kind of prep yourself a little bit, work a couple numbers up, <laughs> yeah. get your patter down. And I was like three or four drinks into the night, and so I started messaging all my my friends at work on, you know, because we have some holiday parties coming up. Going, we got. Gotta get a karaoke machine for the holiday party, you know. And so, literally, uh, and then I think I messaged you and said, "Should we should we bring a karaoke machine <laughs> on the ship?" Talking about are we gonna sing it in our are we gonna do it in our room with all our fans? Yeah, <laughs> with all our electric fans. So, so let me tell you my karaoke story. I wasn't kidding. I've never sang karaoke in the United States. The, the first time I sang karaoke, I was in Japan on a business trip. And I'd gone out to dinner with this company we were doing business with, and they had taken us, taken me, actually, it was just me, out to this big dinner. We ate more sushi than I know what to do with. And then the guy's like, okay, after you have too much to drink and too much to eat, you have to go eat rice balls. Okay. So we go eat the rice balls. I'm about to just, I have so much food in my stomach. I'm about to die. And the guy's like, okay. The main boss is like, I have to go home now. Uh, but my boys will take care of you. Like, oh, okay. So I follow these guys. And they're like, okay, we're going to go to this, you know, our, our local club, whatever. And I'm like, okay, great. So we go, we go up a fire escape 
to like the fourth floor of this big brick building and go into this bar that's maybe the size of a two-car garage and there's a big couch in there and the karaoke machine basically it's a there's just the stack of like eight or ten karaoke bars in this building and people just kind of go to the one that they like and you know we just sat there and people kept handing me gin and tonics mm. and picking elvis songs for me to sing elvis because I, I couldn't see. read the i couldn't read the the book it was all in japanese so they would just pick english songs for me singing it was all elvis songs all night long presley or costello presley <laughs> i guess that's better <laughs> i couldn't tell you what they are but when i hear them i'm like Oh, yeah, I sang that in a tiny karaoke bar in Kobe, Japan. Weird, weird night. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, on a on a medium-sized cruise ship in the Caribbean, you might be singing China Girl. But uh, uh. my hours of research have revealed to me that um, Iggy Pop uh, wrote this song partly out of an infatuation of a beautiful Vietnamese woman. Uh. I guess it just doesn't quite have the same poetry to it in the title. <laughs> The other piece of nice piece of trivia on this song, uh, David Bowie actually planned to sing China Girl at Live Aid, but he had to cut it from the set list because of time restraints. So there you that, go. That seemed to happen to a lot of artists. Well, they had like, I think only 14 minutes maybe. Yeah. So anyway, so what's the first cover song on your list? My first pick is The Passenger by Susie and the Banshee. Yes, that's right, Steve. We both picked uh, Iggy Pop songs. It's like a theme that weaves its way through the podcast. So Iggy Pop wrote The Passenger? Yeah, he wrote this, and it is on his uh, other 1977 album, Lust for Life. <laughs> like, who does two albums in a year? That's crazy. Which, by the way, to continue our thread, Lust for Life being the theme song for what? Cr- Royal Caribbean Cruise Line commercials? Is it? It is, but that is not the cruise line we're going to be on. No, but just no. You know. I, that's a great song, great song. But that aside, um, so the song was uh, the lyrics. Of the song were inspired by a Jim Morrison poem, which I have here in the show notes. I don't dare read poetry on Stuck in the Eighties because all the people who are driving their cars will crash into a ditch. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it's it's poetry, uh, and he pulled some things from it. The cities ripped backsides. That's straight from the poem. Uh, but anyway, I know you're not a huge uh, fan of The Doors, so we'll keep it moving. No, 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 no. I like The Doors. That, it, it was uh, Sean Daly who did it. Oh, it was Daly. Uh, how could I mistake the two of you? So let's play a little bit of Iggy Pop's version of The Passenger. I am the passenger. I stay under glass. I look through my window so bright. I see the stars come out tonight. I see the bright. Okay, so that was released as a B-side to the only single off of Lust for Life, which was not Lust for Life, but Success. Uh, yeah, weird, huh? And that's David Bowie singing background vocals on the chorus. You know, I think this is this is probably, behind Lust for Life, the number one iconic Iggy Pop song in my head. Maybe some of the Stooges stuff, but for, as far as the solo things go, I think this is pretty 
up there. And I think it takes some guts for Susie and the Banshees to cover something like that. They didn't really change it around a lot. Uh, but I really, I, I like both of these versions for different reasons, but the Susie and the Banshees version, it's just, it's a little bit more energetic. It's a just a tiny bit faster. And of course, as you know, Steve, I'm a sucker for a horn line and they've got this great horn line that just adds some depth to it. Sucker for a horn line. I, I think I rented that one time. Not, not what you expected, was it? No, it was not. Sorry. That's okay. So this is on the uh, Susie and the Banshees 87 album, which was all covers uh, through the looking glass. I don't know if you remember that. No. There's a really cool version of the song Trust in Me from The Jungle Book. Oh, nice. And there, Yeah. It's worth going back and you know, spin it up on Groove Shark. I don't know that you necessarily need to send her $8 for it, but you know, check it out. Do you get $2 every time you say Groove Shark on a podcast? I should. I really should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, so next on the list of cover songs, here's one from me. Um, I think a lot of people are going to recognize this song. Um, this is Heart with Alone. got to be a song written by the Wilson sisters, right? Sure seems like it to right. me. It oh. feels, doesn't it feel? Bustiers and big hair all the way down the line. Mm, rented that one too. That was exactly <laughs> what did. I thought it'd be. <laughs> yeah, the neighbors are still complaining. Yeah. Um, Alone was, in fact, a song composed by Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly. Do those names ring a bell? No. They should. They damn well should. But I'm an idiot. Because uh, those songwriting partners achieved lots of fame in the 80s. They wrote a series of number one hits, including Like a Virgin by Madonna. Really? True Colors. True Colors by Cindy Lauper. Eternal Flame by The Bangles. Damn. Damn. Back in 1983, Tom Kelly had a pet project called I-10. And they had an album called Taking a Cold Look. And on that album appears Alone. And it sounds remarkably like the hard version. In fact, it sounds exactly like this. Good, I think. Yeah, it does. Okay. Granted, does I mean when you hear it now, you think, oh, you know, uh, it's a karaoke. little toned down from the from the soaring well, you know, yeah. heart version. But that's you know that's okay. And Wilson, you know, it's hard to uh, to hit yeah. those notes, but um, she goes and gets that stuff. So anyway, so those two um, have actually been making songs, writing hit songs ever since 1981 when they met together at a party. And I have nothing else to say. That's kind of amazing. That's that's I never heard of these guys. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty good. And I I saw Hart play. They opened up for Journey back in two thousand eight. I want to say maybe two thousand nine, okay. and it was Cheap Trick, and then Hart, and then Journey. And this was the first tour with when Journey had the new Filipino singer With Arnel Pineda. Yep, and Hart comes on, and I'd never seen Hart before ever. 
And uh, Nancy had a cold, so she didn't sing her stuff. But they went through the most amazing set. They were easily huh. one of the best live bands I've ever seen. And they did their set, and they were off the stage. And I, I took that time to go to this, um, you know, the T-shirt stand to buy my obligatory Journey shirt. Sure. The woman next to me just had like this dazed look on her face. <laughs> and I said, oh. I said, yeah, good great set, set, huh? Yeah, good <laughs> set, huh? I think that's exactly what I said. And she said, do you think they'll come out and do another set later? I'm like, no, that's uh, not how it works. No, not in this decade. Sweetie. No, no, it's like. <laughs> This isn't the movie Grease. They're not coming back on later for another set. It's like, you know, no, that was that was it. I said, you know, I would love to sit there. I would love to find one of their shows. They never come down to Florida, but if they did, I would love to see their full set someday. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the last song on your uh, list of cover songs for this episode? My last song, or, or is it my last song? My last song is uh, Sweet Jane by the Cowboy Junkies. this i i'm a huge i'm a huge this. fan huge fan of the original though so it's it, this one comes as no surprise to me that this is a, a cover well it's interesting because sweet jane is obviously originally a velvet underground song and there are a couple of versions the the first version and the the, the studio version that i was you know maybe a little bit more familiar with is completely different than the cowboy junkies version but then when i was doing the research for this show i know hard to believe i did some research I came across this version from uh, the Velvet Underground live album, and it's it's very similar to the the Cowboy Junkies version. Um, but let's listen to the version off of the 1970 album Loaded, the studio version. Standing on the corner, suitcase in my hand, Jackson's course and Jane is in her vest. Me, I'm in a rock and roll band. Huh. Riding a studs back at Jim. You know, those are different times. All, all the poets, they studied rules of verse, and those ladies, they rolled their eyes. Okay, so Rolling Stone, in their infinite wisdom, ranked this song number 342 out of 500 greatest songs of all time. 342? How random. I love pulling this stuff out because it's like, what, what did they do? Shoot dice in the alley to come up with these numbers? What, what was one what was, what was one right next to it? One above it was Norman Greenbaum's Spirit in the Sky. Spirit in the Sky. <laughs> I know. It's just like, okay, look, I wish they just admit they used one of those bingo ball things. It just, you know, until the songs came out of it. In all fairness, though, aren't those songs kind of, I mean, I don't know. I put them on equal footing. I'm okay with it. It's just kind of a funny pairing. 
Um, so the Cowboy Junkies version was released as the lead single from their album, The Trinity Session, uh, in 1989, which I know is after the 80s are over for you, Steve. But uh, the song went to number five on the uh, modern rock chart, not on the Hot 100, and took the album. that Basically, on the back of that single, the album went up to 26 on the album charts. I'm guessing you haven't heard this album. Mm, no. no. I'm going to go with a no, firm no on that. Well, it's kind of an interesting album. It was recorded at, in a church, the Church of the Holy Trinity. That's the name of the album in, in Toronto. Perhaps you've heard of Toronto where the Blue Jays play in Canada. And it was recorded with a microphone, like huh? one single microphone, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. It, it sounds very interesting. It really has a cool sound to it. I'm not going to get too much further into that because Audio Engineering Talk with Brad is my other side project. Uh, but if you're interested in that kind of thing, check it out. And strangely, that other podcast has more female listeners than ours. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's my smooth, sultry delivery. Um, speaking of smooth, sultry delivery, Margot Timmons' voice on this song and on the album is just, oh my God, it is just this pure, unpretentious, unproduced, ethereal, just entrancing sound. And, you know, I tried to come up with a way to describe the effect this has on me. And I, I think if she's saying to me, Brad, go burn down your own house, I probably wouldn't do it. But I would definitely think about it pretty carefully. It just it there's something about that voice. Oh, hmm. oh. You're, you're selling it. I'm telling you, it's it's her voice is fantastic. This is probably the most country album I own. But even then, it's not that country. It's really more yeah. folk. I, I love the Velvet Underground. I was huge into them in the 80s. I mean, I, I think everybody I know who was in a band in the 80s, you know, like like, like a garage band, like my, like the one I was in, yeah, everybody like worshipped Velvet Underground. Well, and Lou Reed. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Velvet Underground, I mean, we played uh, Sweet Jane. My band did. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to hear the epic trash cover. I mean, uh, this song has been covered hear. by everyone and their brother. Right, right. And what else did we cover? We covered um, oh, we covered heroin. I think we covered all tomorrow's parties. Um, the great thing about the Velvet Underground was that they were easy to to cover, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. I mean, they, they were brilliant, but they weren't um, – it wasn't like you're trying to it wasn't cover – super uh, technical. Right. Yeah. You're not trying to cover aha. You know, it's just – you know, it's – it's, it's a, a rock band. Right, there. right. You don't need a Norwegian uh, falsetto voice. True. So did I understand you said you had an extra bonus cover? I've, I've got a bonus cover for you, yes. Okay. I, I want to drop this one on you. So I was talking with a friend of the podcast, Carol Jansen, earlier about bands that cover their own songs and do new versions of things. And I remembered this acoustic version that Asia did of Heat of the Moment. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but you're going to listen to some right now. I'll have you know I've heard of every version of every Asia song ever recorded. Well, then you already appreciate this, yeah. but maybe our, maybe our fans don't. I, I think this is such a great version of this song. It's such a completely different take on it from the original. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's run through the Spearsy filter. It's just sad and wistful and, and longing, for this, longing for this time that's yeah. gone. When they're in concert, or well, when I saw them in concert back in... 
2007, I, I'm thinking, whenever they did their reunion tour with the four original mm-hmm. members. With the original lineup? Yeah, they um they did an acoustic version of Don't Cry. Oh, man. That would be good. So, I mean, I my big f- problem with Asia is the insistence that everything rhymes. Other than that, I think they do some yeah. really good stuff. They're, I, I, I was just listening to their album uh, 30 the other day, and uh, I'm going to drive home from Clearwater. I, I was still enjoying it. I mean, I haven't bought their last two albums, but you know, they have a place in time, and you know, I appreciate it. So, yeah, it's, it is what it is. You know what else has its moment in time? The, the Seggies. Ah, the mystical refrain that is reader mailbag. Hey, Brad, I see we got a couple letters today. Fire away. Yes, indeed. Give them to me. Okay, here's the first one. Hey, Stephen Brad, it's Craig from New Hampshire. Hi, Craig. First off, as always, I love the show. I've been listening since early on. He's a sucker for punishment. And a shout-out to the 80s Nation. I'm proud to be part of this great group. I thought I'd share a story of this last weekend where I did my best to represent us. I attended the Nerd Geek Convention Super Mega Fest in Massachusetts. I don't know if that's how they say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. It's a horrible name. It really is pretty super and mega. Uh, This is my third year going, and I love it. It's been a great way to meet celebrities, many of whom did a lot of great stuff in the 80s. But this year they had the one and only Miss Debbie Gibson. Hmm. Now, normally I meet these celebrities by just winging it without predetermined questions or comments. But with Debbie Gibson, I decided the first thing I would mention is stuck in the 80s. Hey, what a guy. All right. Nervously, I approached her table, which was in a small room for a couple celebrities, and was nearly alone with her, along with my friend who took our picture. Right off, I told her how I knew she had done the show. She acknowledges she had, and I kind of blew it from there. <laughs> just, Craig, I'm sorry. I'm just picturing you kind of, I was stuck in the 80s. <laughs> She's an attractive woman. She signed a photo, asked where I was from, and we took a picture together. I'm just kind of seeing the, that's nice. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> but I was so nervous. I didn't tell her how much I liked her music or how much I think she's a huge 80s icon. The only thing I got out was stuck in the 80s. She was really nice, and now I'm the envy of all my friends. Though I didn't do so well, it was amazing to meet her. She, as well as you, take me back and keep me company, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Thanks, Craig in New Hampshire. Wow. I can't remember how long it's been since we interviewed her. It's been... That was a long time ago. Seven years at least, I would guess. One of the few in-studio interviews. Yeah. Her and Robin Zander. Okay. I think are the only two. That's a fun interview. That's a really fun interview. Oh, we videotaped it too, if I remember. Or at least part of it. Pervert. And... um. It was really tough because it was me, Sean Daly, and her in a room, and we didn't have a lot of time to prep for it. Yeah. And she's real, she's sassy. I mean, she kind of like, you try to throw a question at her to kind of rattle her, and she would turn it right back on you. Yeah. And uh, so she was really fun to interview. And at the very end of the interview, and I like to always point this out, when we were saying goodbye to her, she, she shook Sean Daly's hand and then gave me a hug. There you go. So. She shook his hand and gave me a hug. Yeah. The Steve Spears story. Yeah. We haven't done one of those in a while. Great, great letter. Uh, what's letter number two? Letter number two is from Beat Poet Jeff. So Beat Poet Jeff begins. Dear Spearsy, Brad in L.A. et al. Greetings and salutations to you all. I'm really glad you didn't die, Spearsy. That would have been quite a shock. 
Ever, ever the gift for understatement, beat poet Jeff. I always thought you would drink yourself into an early grave, thus sending the show to a its own early grave. I'm so I'm glad you're on the mend. I am part of the class of '85 and have listened to the show since probably episode 40 or so. I've loved the show, the various hosts, and all the good times. And now I have a question for you guys. It's a question about age and experiences. Yeah, I don't really talk about that. Oh, not that kind of Sorry. The question is this. Is there anything, any band, movie, et cetera, that you got into in your 30s or 40s that doesn't have its beginnings in the 80s? For example, let's say you didn't get into The Cure in your 20s, but now you listen to them and enjoy them. Is it as intense as your love for things from the 80s? Do you think it even could be? For me, the answer is no. I've always been a music lover, and I do listen to bands not from the 80s, but the reason I found them in the first place generally comes from the 80s. I've always been on a search for the coolest non-mainstream music, so bands I found now don't get into my heart and mind like they did back then. Even strong memories from today are not as strong as back then. It's just something I ponder. I'd love to hear from you guys on this topic, and I know there was more than one question. Keep up the good work, guys. I am forever happily stuck in the 80s. Beat poet Jeff. That's a tough one. What's what's your answer first? My answer is, and I will answer the question with one single statement. The golden age of everything is when you're 15 years old. (laughs) Yeah. There's something about that time, and maybe that, I don't know, it would be interesting, is that universally true? Can we go back to Roman times and find out if that's true? But there's something about that time where the, the things you listen to, the things you watch, the things you read have a profound influence on you. Maybe it's because it's the first time you're experiencing them kind of as an adult on your own. Well, kind yeah. of grabbing things that you like for yourself for the first time. But I'm convinced that they create deep, deep associations that you just can't replicate. Like there are only so many, you know, it's like, here's today's really lame analogy. It's like a power strip. There are only so many places to plug things in. And once you've plugged those things in, your music, your your movies, your books, whatever they may be, you know, those are the things that get their tentacles really deep into you. <laughs> Okay, Mr. Smarty Pants. I'm I'm saying I I agree with him. No, they can't. They cannot make those kind of connections to you. They're not. They're not available to you. You become too cynical. Well, so answer. But answer this question: Is there any band or movie that from the '80s that you didn't get into? Oh, sure. Sure. Is that what you say? I, I, I will say that, but that but they will never hold a candle to my love for, for instance, Devo or Adam Ant. But yeah, like there was a lot of. A lot of what you know, popular music at the time that I'm like, oh, that stuff is crap. And now I hear it, I'm like, you know what? This is catchy. This is a good pop song. I, I, you're gonna throw me off the podcast for this, but early Madonna, early Madonna oh, no. is like that. You know what? I can appreciate that. Oh, now. early Madonna. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna reinterpret his question five different ways. Excellent. Um, I'm gonna first say I'm first gonna I misread it when I first read it. I thought he was asking, is there any band or movie from the '80s? That you didn't get into until after the 80s. Yeah, he kind of started out that way and then it shifted a little bit. But let's answer that question. So here's my answer to that question. Um, yes, they might be giants. I didn't get into until after really? the 80s. Um, I, didn't dis- I didn't discover them until their album Flood, NWA. Okay. <laughs> the, sure. I didn't listen to them until years later when um, someone gave me the album Straight Out of Compton. And I, I loved that album. And then there's one more. Oh, Thomas Dolby. So, 
seven or eight years ago. Boy, it seems like everything in this podcast was seven or eight <laughs> it's years kind ago. kind of a universal constant. Early on in Stuckney's history, I got a chance to interview Thomas Dolby because he was coming through on tour. And it was the first time he had toured, I think, in about time, 20 yeah, years. Because he'd been busy just counting dollars coming in from his ringtone business. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was – yeah, exactly. So um, prepping myself for that podcast, I, I listened to just a ton of Thomas Dolby to get ready for it. And I loved it. I mean I really loved it. And – I would say um, I felt it felt like an '80s kind of love, you know. Like I mean, I was really into it. I was connecting yeah. with it. Um, it was what I yearned to hear. So yes, yeah. I mean, the only movie I can think of that I was so disappointed in when I first saw it that now I kind of like was the original uh, David Lynch Dune, which I was so angry when it came out. I just felt it had betrayed the source material. But now, Steve, as you know, I quote this movie almost daily. It's just it's so, so cheesy. you weren't you you weren't. <laughs> You weren't in the mood for Dune back in the, the 80s. You know what mood's a thing for, Steve. It's a thing for cattle and love play. I'm not in the mood. Not in the mood. Mood's a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. And you quote that to me like every week. And every week I'm like, I forget what movie that's <laughs> from. I mean, well, it's because every week Steve's like, oh, I don't really want a podcast. Uh, I don't know if I'm in the mood to podcast. And then boom. Brad fires back. You must have that on a save oh, stream. You know, it's right there. It's on a hotkey. Moods a thing for cattle and love play. So yeah, so Dune for you, Thomas Dolby for me. Cool. So, well, thanks for the thanks for the letter, people, Jeff, and uh, thanks for the good question. Hopefully, we sort of answered some of it. Yeah. As always, send your letters and emails and whatever else you might have to sit80s at gmail dot com. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. Uh, we haven't done this in a while, so I can't tell you what show it was that we last was, did. I think it, it was in, only but... a couple shows ago. We really slowed down. The cold weather here has really taken the edge off of Cold weather, podcasting. and I was sick. I was sick and all sorts of weird stuff. I haven't... Sorry, 80s Nation. We'll do better. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to fire things up, I promise. Um as usual, we uh, play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into our drawing for the coveted Stuck in the 80s bottle can. No, beer bottle can. opener. You can use it to open any bottle. Bottle opener. Anything you want to keep cool. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's the clip from our last show. Charlie, are you telling me that we're not going to get a room because you're saving money for Christmas presents in the middle of June? Yes, that's something wild with Melanie Griffith and a very young-looking Jeff Daniels. Yes, no kidding, baby face. He's just a little boy. Do you watch? Do you watch him on the newsroom on HBO? No, I haven't seen. That. Oh God, so good. It's like a cable crack. Anyway, uh, read the winners. Winners include Rob the Snyderman Snyder from New Jersey, Eric and Alfred at Georgia, Don in Tulsa, Howard in Fremont, and Tom. There are no kangaroos in Austria. In Graz, Austria. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. You've no idea who I am, have you? Yes. You're Sado Noopsy. If you know it, email us again at sitas at gmail.com or steven in the 80s at gmail.com or brad in the 80s and gmail.com. Tune in next week to find out if you are a wiener. <laughs> ah, the mystical afraid of name that 80s tune. Uh, you know the drill by now. If you don't, really? 325 shows? We'll send you back to remedial podcast really? listening. <laughs> we'll make you go back and listen to the first five shows. You'll really hate us. Uh, that's just cruel and unusual punishment. It is. I think about it often, often like I just wish I could redo them and 
I could, I guess. No. Nah. Hey, we could do that on the cruise. We'll redo an old podcast one Ooh. Day. Ooh, that's a good idea. Check oh, that shit out. Wow. Wow. I wonder, well, geez. Think about that one some more. If you, okay, we'll, we'll send it out to Stuck in the 80s Nation. If if you were to have us redo a, a, a podcast on the cruise, which episode would it be? The correct answer is not Tom Wopat. <laughs> the correct answer is episodes 276 through the present when yeah. Brad Williams joined the show. Yeah. This is my 50th episode, dude. 50th? Yeah. Wow. I didn't get uh, you anything. That's okay. Anyway, pay attention. Here's the clip from our last show. That's the Lebanon by the Human League. It's a weirdly political song for them, and an early one at that. Yeah, it just is a, a departure from their more unserious stuff. About I like it. stalking women and. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good song. It just it's a. I, I had to go back and look at the lyrics. I'm like, wait, are they really singing about what I? Yeah, they are. Yeah, huh. yeah, it's a great song. I it I is. wish if you ever get a chance to see the Human League in concert. Um, I've seen him twice. You've seen him twice, right? Or is it three times? Uh, at least twice. I think, so, uh, yeah. You want to catch them whenever possible, like on a greatest hits sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the, this will be in the set. They yeah. Do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, uh, where in the set? I couldn't tell you, but um, it'll be there. So the first ever Vegas trip back in seven or eight years ago. <laughs> Clearly, I'm fixating today. Um, the Human League was playing. They were headlining. Um, yeah, that oh, was the first Regeneration Tour. Regeneration Tour, that's right. Yeah, I saw I, that show about a week later in L.A. Yeah, I saw, I think, oh, did I see opening night or the second night? I think I saw the second night of the tour. And it was a greatest hit set by the Human League. It was amazing. They were just they just blew me away. They were so good. Yeah. And then we saw them again a few years ago at the um, Hollywood Bowl, uh, you and I together. Yeah. Um, and it was they were playing a lot of new stuff. Well, and they suffered they suffered from following the B fifty twos. I mean, the B fifty twos had so much energy in that place, and yeah. then the electronica comes back out, and it's just it's not the same kind of groove. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But but they but they also front loaded the show with like five yeah, straight a lot of new, new songs. Stuff. Yeah, you can't do that. But uh, so by the time they finally got to the hits, we were all so weary. Yeah, come on, Phil Oakey, get with the program. Because we I, want to be together. So- I know electric I, dreams. Yeah, by the time you played that, I think we were actually walking out. I mean, we were just like, oh god, you know, I just want to be together in bed. I will never walk out on the, together in electric dreams. No, I, I, I love that song more than life itself. Yep, if only that weren't true. Um, <laughs> Shall I read the winners? To, yeah, go ahead to get us I, out of this dark and sad place from seven or eight years ago. Yes, please. <laughs> winners this week include Kevin Winch. Jeff in Minneapolis, relocating to San Francisco. That's going to be culture shock, my friend. Uh, Don in Tulsa and Weather Guy in Twin Cities, Minnesota. I'd like to point out here that Jeff in Minneapolis, but soon SF. He could mean Santa Fe. That's true. As I'm, I'm, I'm being California-centric there, aren't I? I apologize, global listeners. I would think San, Santa Fe would still be culture shock, though. Yeah. 
Okay, it's it's just something to think about. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention, Jeff in Santa Fe. I'm going to call him that from now on. He's probably not going to ever write us again, but Jeff in uh, Santa Fe, this one's for you. Pay attention. Here's our clip for this week's show. If you know it, email us from Santa Fe. And tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. So, Steve, let me spin the wheel of chance now, and we'll see which uh, correct respondent is the winner of this week's bottle opener. It looks like it's landing on Rob, the Snyderman Snyder from New Jersey, which is nowhere near Santa Fe. No, Sorry, it isn't. I didn't mean to tease you, Jeff. Miles I away. Like I, I feel like we should send you a bottle opener, too. But uh, uh, So, Rob, send us your uh, mailing address, and um, we will send off a beautiful, beautiful bottle opener. fully functional bottle opener. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Cruise back to the 80s on the first ever 80s cruise. That's right. Seven days in the most radical party to ever hit the high seas with a totally awesome lineup of artists that define the sound of the decade. Join Huey Lewis and the News, Richard Marks, Starship, Cool and the Gang, A Flock of Seagulls, Modern English, Naked Eyes, Tiffany, Wang Chung, and Jessie's Girl, the ultimate 80s party band, and the original MTV VJs, Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, and Alan Hunter. As we cruise to exotic ports of call like Grand Turk, San Juan, St. Thomas, and the private island of Half Moon Key, we're going all out by building an 80s video game arcade with Donkey Kong, Mario Brothers, and of course Pac-Man, showing movies like Ferris Bueller and Pretty in Pink, and there'll even be a VJ contest. Don't forget to pack your best 80s looks because we're having a prom night, a movie costume party, pajama party, and neon beach party. You can't miss this. Sailing from February 28th through March 6th, 2016 for the most gnarly vacation ever. For more information, log on to the80scruise.com or call 844-384-8080. We're back, and we have just a few minutes left, and I wanted to give you an update on the 80s cruise. Um, as we've said before, the 80s cruise is happening in 2016, February 28th to March 6, 2016. It's on Holland America's Eurodam. Um, among the ports will be uh, the Turks and Caicos, San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, St. Thomas, and the Bahamas, where there will be a private island. Ooh. Um, more Which importantly – completely different than a private Idaho. Private Idaho. Less um, potatoes. More importantly, the band lineup is pretty much incredible. You've got Huey Lewis in the News, uh, Richard Marks, Starship, Cool in the Gang, Flock of Seagulls, Modern English, Naked Eyes, Tiffany, and Wang Chung. Oh, yeah. But so here's the news. Through Cyber Monday, from now until Cyber Monday, December 1st, uh, when you book a cabin... Um, you can get free trip insurance. Oh. And free trip insurance allows you to cancel the cruise pretty much for any reason and get a full refund. Um, you want to act quickly, though, because the offer is only available to the first 100 people who book a cabin. Plus, um, the 80s cruise has created a special monthly payment plan now. Um, you can make the reservations right now prior to the holidays with $0 down. And then your monthly payments would begin in February. And they start as low as one forty two a month. Huh. Now that's per person based on double yeah. occupancy, but that's you know, cruises are always like that. Also, 
for uh, Friends of Stuck in the 80s. There's a Back to the 80s rate, which is listed on the website, which is the80scruise.com. The Back to the 80s rate is valid until May 31st, 2015. That's much longer than it's available to everybody else. Uh, Stuck in the 80s fans will get a meet and greet cocktail party with uh, me and Brad. Yeah, there'll um, actually be two. There's one that we'll be at and then one that you can be guaranteed we won't be at in yeah, case you're trying to avoid yes. Either way, if you come to it, I promise I will I will I will give you part of my stash of wild turkey. Also now through February twenty eighth, twenty fifteen, any person booking uh, a cabin and using the special stuck in the eighties offer code, the offer code is stuck. The word stuck. That's hard to remember. You will be given a free one year subscription to Sirius XM radio. Uh, which, of course, is home of 80s on 8, which is one of the co-sponsors or co-presenters of the 80s cruise. So that's pretty nice. cool, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. The reaction so far has been just amazing. I get emails pretty much every day from people saying it, that they're interested in going. So I I can't wait. I just, yeah, join us. That's going to be fun. You know, I, I never I always say if I use a time machine, I'm going to use it to go back and fix some sort of horrible wrong. But I think today, if you gave me the time machine, I might actually fast forward to uh, to 2016 so we could get on this boat already. Yeah. I, I hate to talk about other podcasts on our podcast, but there was a recent uh, This American Life that did a thing on if you could have any technology, what would it be? And unprompted, 10% of the people they surveyed said, I want a time machine. Yeah. yeah. It's a good story. So stuck in the 80s, on the 80s cruise, it's meant to be. Um, if you want, you can email me for more information, but I'm telling you right now, 99% of what you need to know is on the80scruise.com. And remember that the offer code is stuck. Pretty easy to remember. Some pretty good, um, I think, little bonus offers if you use it. And I think a payment plan is really cool. I'm totally I'm down with that. I, I would love uh, I would love to see a nice stuck in the 80s turnout for this thing. Um, Brad and I are working very hard on our movie costume night costumes. Yep, yep. We've got, We've got top down. men working on it. Yeah. I swear to God, I bug him about this at least. We talk about it every week. <laughs> three times a week. And then it's always the first, it's like tease and recap. The first 10 minutes of the next conversation is, wait, what did we talk about last time? <laughs> right. I, I don't even know if I want to tease people with what we've, we've, we want it to be like, it has to be a costume. It has to be, first of all, it has to be a movie and it has to be something that like, you know, a pair. So it can't, you know, like the Blues Brothers or uh, right. Bill and Ted, but those aren't what we're going to be. But something like that. We don't want to just be, oh, I'm Maverick and he's uh Michael J. Fox from Teen Wolf, you know. Hmm. Oh, that would be interesting. We could go wearing um, the basketball uniforms from Teen Wolf. There you go. That's, that's awful. That's an awful idea. That's. But you know what? You could do two at the same time. You could also be the basketball team from uh, Better Off Dead. She's not dating certain members of the basketball team. She dates the whole team. <laughs> that's pretty good. That would be an interesting one. So nobody would get that for a good reason. Yeah. It has to, the secret to a good movie costume is it has to be something not immediately obvious, but not taking more than maybe ten or fifteen seconds to figure out. And then once upon understanding what it is, just being overcome with the joy of it. You mean it's to be just filled with delight. Yeah. So that's what we're aiming for. It's 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 not gonna be easy, but we've got like fourteen months to figure it out. We can we can crack this code. <laughs> in, the meantime, in the meantime, uh fire away with suggestions on future cover songs from the eighties for us to cover. 
Um, we'll include them in future shows. Fire away the emails asking about uh, the, the details of the, the 80s cruise. Fire away with um, criticism of Brad and his bad jokes. Yeah, send us lots of letters with questions for me to wax poetic about how yeah. how, age how of, life is the golden age of everything is when you're 15. <laughs> and how life is actually a power strip. <laughs> I'm I told sorry. you it was bad. I told no, you it was bad. It's good. It's good. I, I do. I, it sounds like something I would say. I, I, <laughs> it's just. It's you know. As I tell my kids all the time, it's not all a material. Life is a power strip. <laughs> I want to charge it all night. Long. Screw you, Spearsy. <laughs> <laughs> so until next show, Brad and I and the power strip, we remain here hopelessly stuck in the eighties. Stuck in the 80s is a Class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly.